Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. I'm like Block Talk on Twitter at Block Talk NYC and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It's the semifinals where this new top five will only send four to the grand finale. But first, it's a manly man makeover as five bearded, burly rugby fellas are about to be put in drag. It's time to talk all things Drag Race France 2. And joining me is someone who has had experience getting made over by a Rue girl online. It's the legendary Maddie Parks. How are you? Hello, my angel. I am good. It feels lovely to be back again. Um, Drag Race the Week, friends. Um, the cast of Drag Race Germany has dropped oh God, to talk already. to them. Yeah. Gosh, how many of so like close. how many drag races are we pumping out at this point? Honestly. And the reality is we don't have a date for UK five, Canada four, Italia two, um, UK versus the world two. Lots of we haven't got official. Not official dates yet, but speculations of when they'll be coming. Yeah. Speculations. Um, it's going to be a busy, busy rest of the year. But friends, pronunciations, I apologize. I will try to get better. Duolingo, I'm still waiting for you to sponsor me, and then I'll learn all these languages. But first, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us, the reality television production. We are showing the reality TV television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, the real people got an opportunity to give it on television to share their craft. They've also been discussed what it said on the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality TV show. Okay. That was the best French I've ever heard. Yeah, we oui, oui. Um, listen, we are at the tail end of the season. It's it's been a pretty good season. This has been a, like an incredible season to watch. The cast have all been absolutely amazing. I think it's been a very like it's been a tight like top five situation. I really like. I'm very happy for how it's gone, but yeah, I'm very like wow. For those who don't watch Drag Race France, they're really missing out. I think it's an incredible franchise. Nikki is doing so well. Um, she is a great host, but she's also so tender to the girls. She's very careful how she treats them. Um, and and I'm really impressed by what she does. There's only one thing I would change moving forward. Uh, it's very controversial, I think. Detail. I'm over Kitty. I, I think Kitty Smile's got to go. I think we need someone else. He's bringing nothing to this show. He barely talks. I like him. I think he's campus tits. Oh, I think he's. I think he's sweet. Again, I think with the judging panel, especially with Drag Race Francis, all of them care so much yeah. about the girls. And it's the thing with Drag Race France that I feel, in comparison to. To be honest with you, in comparison to absolutely any of the like any of the other seasons of Drag Race, you can really tell that it is just such a friendly atmosphere, and yeah. that like everything that they are being critiqued on, and all of the constructive criticism they're receiving, and how they can improve, comes from a real place of I know you can do so much better, and I know that you can get pushed from this. And I think because there is this it like atmosphere of friendship, they take on these critiques even more because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like an attack. 
I don't think I've ever seen any part where they've ever been like, oh, I feel like I've actually been personally attacked in there. No. No, it's it's great. That's why it's controversial, just because like Daphne is doing so well this season. Uh so I'm like I part. want someone at her level, but maybe they're balancing each other out. Next season, Kitty will um be the voice. I don't know. <laughs> Let's dive in. Cookie Conti is out, Peach is in. Did you like the twist? Are they happy with the results? Um I listen, I, I love Peach. I'm I'm not mad. I'm it's annoying because like I was gobsmacked when Peach left mm-hmm. because I love Peach. I think they are so talented and I love their drag. They look they've combined the perfect like beauty of having this gorgeous beard with just pure elegance and I love it. Yeah. Um but I love Cookie Cunty so much. I think she's so just so developed in drag. I think she's absolutely incredible. Her makeup is fantastic. Her like fashion sense, like some of her looks have been like the biggest jaw drops for me this entire season. Absolutely. Some of the queens, they have some opinions. Peach will stand by the mirror alone as the girls are behind the table. There is clearly some distance in place for a reason. Peach will say the cookie had amazing looks, even though she missed some of them. Um, a slightly shady joke. Sarah doesn't think that Cookie deserved to leave the way she did. They will tell Peach that they thought the twist was bad as Kiona shares that they have been through a lot together, namely the ball and the rusical. They haven't slept in weeks. It's been intense. They're happy for Peach, but they say it's a weird feeling. I get it. But Peach didn't make the rules of the game. Don't be mad at her. It's one of those moments where it's like, they obviously do this so many times on the seasons but like it's always a weird one when it's kind of like this girl has done this far but this person has barely like been in the show long enough but you can just leave and now they're getting your spot instead so it's, it's a weird one I think I think with the girls especially considering the season has been so intense it's just kind of like she's stepping on our toes right now yeah like she's stepping on them very hard Peach will push back and say that if they were in her position, they would have fought to be there and given it their all, which is true. There is a little bit of tension, and all I have to say is bring it up to Miss Doll. She wrongly eliminated Peach. Okay. It's a top five Peach edition. Tis a new day, and it seems like the girls are about to buy the workroom. They walk around it like it's an open house. Would you purchase this workroom, or is there a different workroom in the Drag Race cinematic universe that you would pick? I love the Mexico one. I love the Mexico one. I think it's beautiful. I think I actually, I think I like this. I think this is my favorite one so far, purely because of the fact I'm obsessed with the wall of wigs. Yeah, I so love good. it. It's so good to play like the homage to like the previous contestants and all the gorgeous hair. Because if the French girls know one thing, it's the good hair. It's Cannot true. Between Cam and Cookie, uh, within their family or lovers, they have good hairstylists oh my god just the two of them they, they supply Amazing. all the wigs for everybody mm-hmm. they're incredible absolutely incredible jean-baptiste is brilliant yes honestly so so talented and arsenic christophe you're incredible as well mm-hmm. so good um also can we discuss why punani is dressed like an elementary school teacher <laughs> i love her outfit <laughs> She's so cute. She's like primary colors just at once. It was so strange. All right. The girls are back at the table and Peach is happy to be with them. She tells them what's coming next. 
looks promising. But how do they know? Do they have unused options ready if this is indeed their last filming day? Do they know the finale would be live? I need the tea, Haunty. Did they not know what was happening? I don't know. Ah. Just, like, were they prepared for all of this? Or was it actually a shock or was it all real? If they were prepared for a filmed finale, brought, like, a gown, and then, like, psych, you're going to use something else at a um, live finale, I'll be like, can I have a refund? I'd be pissed. Especially considering how much the girls spend on these fucking outfits. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sarah's asked what it's like to win for the third time. I say ask her when she wins number four and compare that to all the winners of 2023 who have won um, a couple, like, four challenges, but we'll get there. Sarah will say it feels great. She had low moments, but she's glad to be back. She says a victory is not fulfilling in itself. It's not? I like to win. I really do, but the sweet smell of success, it's great, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah, 100%. And I mean, some of those girls know success more than others. Mm-hmm. They are in the semifinals and they're about to find out what is in store. The cockadoodles, which Peach missed. In a video message, Nikki will try to get them to do things that require four people as they tease that only four of them are needed to continue on. Let's go. Now, after the queens add some choreo this week, Nikki arrives looking like a snack. I want her to bring me on a shopping spree in Paris, like on her credit card. Honestly, like when she came out with that blue hair, Miss Honey, I have never loved baguettes more. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, she's beautiful. Nikki will have them wave to the haters out there watching. Now, I know they're not waving to me. Uh, maybe Mommy Wata is, but the others I know. I've been very sweet to the others. Oh, uh, I they all seem so, so lovely. And I really, mm-hmm. really hope I get to meet them. If they come to the UK, please come to Drag. I'm sure they will. She then has them wave to their supporters, and I pretend it was me, um, but they don't know me yet. Again, maybe, maybe okay, I'll meet them. Yes. This week's mini challenge, they are about to recreate a cult game show, The Weakest Link. Now, you and I share a common thread when it comes to The Weakest Link. Our original versions were hosted by the same host, the ice-cold bitch herself, Anne Robinson. Did you watch The Weakest Link? And were you like me? If a friend didn't do something they that you liked them to do, you said you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Hundred percent. It would be like a staple, like dinner watch with the family. You'd always put it on, always going at like six or half five. You'd sit and watch it. Oh, it was a it was a good time. It was a simpler time. And Anne was just a complete cow. She was great. She was great. Um, I I I would always say you are the weakest link. Goodbye to a lot of my friends. The other um reality show catchphrase that I would use that has not aged well is you're fired. Oh my god. We all know who came up with that one, so we're not using that. This game will be called The Weakest Heel. I know it's not the weakest talent show like Punani wishes it were because her sisters would have won that one. Shady bitch. But first, Nikki has a surprise. She wants to bring back another queen. What? Who will it be? It's season one's Lola La Diva, who is dressed like the French edition of The Weakest Link's host, Laurence Buccellini. Um, Did you know that this was going to be her Smash Game character? But actually... That's why they brought oh. her back for it. She would have fucking done well on that one. Listen, I will give Lova credit for this as one of the best acting performances and thus redeeming her run on season one. Um, because what she gave us on that first season was uh, not good. Not good. No, no. Yeah. 
Now we're going to discuss, discuss throughout the mini challenge, but yeah, I was not a fan of Miss Lova La Diva, but I very much warmed up for her. She was excellent. Um, it's crazy how a relaxed, non-competitive atmosphere can showcase true talent. Oh my gosh. Honestly, <laughs> I think even with the language barrier of it just being in French and me reading the subtitles, I was howling laughing. Yeah. The queens have five minutes to get into drag, and they are going to give uh, some of the wildest quick drag moments that are very reminiscent to the early 2000s. Simple, terrible looks. I hated that. I, I loved it. Anything cheesy and shitty like that, I'm here for. As they get ready, Sarah's going to quiz Mommy to give her names of three famous dead people. She will say Michael Jackson, Victor Hugo, and a president. She's very bad at naming dead people. Um, but she is good at killing people as Peach will ask her to name dead president. And she's like, Jacques Chirac. Um, and, but actually unlike Grace Jones, he is very much dead. So school one for mommy. Her life's philosophy is you think she don't know everything, but she does. Same. That's how I, that's how I work. Now she will try to push back on the girls and ask them to name all the presidents of the Ivory Coast. And Panani's like, can you? Gotcha, girl. She can't do it. We head to the main stage where we are set up for the weakest heel. Props to the art department who slayed the podiums and props to this entire challenge. As I will go out on a limb and say this was like my favorite mini challenge ever. This was, I think with France, it's done really well with the mini challenges. This and the therapy session will go down in history. I want, but I want them on every single season. Yes. Every single one of them. Could you imagine Rue having to do the weakest link? I think it'll be trauma flashbacks. Unless Rue dresses up like Rue on weakest link. I think it would look great. But then again, so you have funny. to get Rue back in drag. If you're going to do that. Um, this sparks so much joy. And I even, I wasn't even high while I watched this. I was sober at this moment. So it's great. <laughs> All right, the oh, rules. Lola Bussolini will ask a question. They have to answer without pausing. If they answer wrong or they're not fast enough, they are out of the round. If they lose two rounds, they are the weakest heel. Goodbye. Let's meet our contestants. We have Sada Forever. She's a Libra and a dental assistant, and she can wink with both eyes. Stupid. <laughs> Mami Wata, a Leo, and she has been a trainee in a hair salon for 10 years, and her nips are very hard. They were poking through that shirt. She's 26 in the Virgo, and her thumbs are hyperlaxed, so it's tough to thumb a ride. But she's, but still, people take her in their car. Punani is a Leo and a nail technician. She loves supermarkets. This is hi to Fabrice and Patrick, her sons. And Kiona is a Capricorn with a Cancer rising, and she can do that. What that is, well, the world may never know. What would your introduction line be? Oh. I'm a 26. Oh God, yeah, no, 26 now. God, I'm a 26 year old spunky Sagittarius with hands that will make you feel something else. Oh, mine would be. Um, I am a. Do not share my age. I am an Aquarius, <laughs> and I watch Drag Race in all the world, so you don't have to. <laughs> All right, question number one. Name songs from Lori. Now, Lori is a French singer, and I have no idea who she is. I am so sorry. I feel so awful watching these lip syncs, and I'm like, I don't know any of these songs. I don't know a single one. Sarah says, I'm going fast, which is correct. Mommy says, I'm going faster. Nope, we are off to a great start. Mommy loses round one. Question two. Name a theme from season one, Runways. Uh, Lord, if you ask me that question, I would all also freeze up and cry. I barely remember what happened this season. I second that. <laughs> Peace. Liberty, equality, Jean-Paul Gaultier, correct. 
Hunani, the Cannes Film Festival, correct. Kiona, the morning after a party, correct. Sarah, the thousand nights of Mylene. Okay, almost there. Try again. Thousand and one nights of Mylene. Okay, we're colder. Liberty, wrong. Okay, girl, night of a thousand Mylene. You did a category so similar to this, and it's been on what? Every fucking franchise? Pretty much, yeah. Question three. Name something that is about 20 centimeters long. Now, I'm an American, and that does not compute for us Yankees. So that's about seven inches, um, if you know what I mean. Best. Uh, this this had me <laughs> in tears. This is so good. Now, Mommy is going to freak out and answer her cock, which... Correct, I guess. Um, Peach, a silicone ruler. Correct. Punani, a crisp and well-cooked baguette. Correct. Kiona, Swiss bread. Correct. Sarah, a tapeworm. Correct. And Mommy, back to Peach's cock. Is it correct? <laughs> Peach will confirm. Correct. And Peach will say 20 meters, centimeter. No. A magic wand. No. Um, but the cock. The cock here. Um, so the French average is seven inches. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. There it is. Question four. Name a movie with Marion Cotillard in which she doesn't die. And to be fair, I think the only movie I've seen is like Inception, and I can't even remember if she dies or not. This was, again, so good. Some of the answers for this were just so funny, and this is my favorite one. Punani will say, love me if you dare. And then she realizes, wait, the whole movie is she is dying an agonizing death. She is very wrong. That was it. <laughs> that had me in fit. Question five, name a French city that doesn't contain the letter, letter E, which I thought that was hard, but good for them getting through this one. Um, Kiana Paris, correct. Sarah Dijon, correct. Mami Pantin, correct. Peach says nothing. She is the weakest heel. Goodbye. Honestly, I don't even think I'd be able to answer that for my own country. Shit. Question six, name a character from The Little Mermaid. Hunani says The Little Mermaid, correct. Kiana says Prince Eric, correct. And Sarah says Dombrel, um, who apparently Ariel Dombal is a porn star, so wrong. She is the weakest link. Weakest heel. Question seven. Name something edible that starts with a letter R. Mommy raisin, correct. Punani radishes, correct. Kiona rice, correct. Mommy ramen, correct. Punani raspberries, correct. Kiona revolution cheese, correct. Mommy risotto, correct. Punani raclette, correct. And Kiona, she's got nothing. She's too late. She can't answer. That made me very hungry. Moments like those, I literally would be like, I would freeze. I'd be like, I have no clue. Even mm-hmm. when you said it, I even said to myself, I was like, what begins it all? Question eight. Name a girl's band, as Nikki would say. I love this one. Mommy, the Pussycat Dolls, correct. Punani, Spice Girls, correct. And Kiona, Destiny's Child, correct. Mommy, TLC, correct. Punani, girls are allowed, correct. Come on, Brits. And are you going to the gals allowed reunion? Stravaganza? I'm so jealous. Uh, Please take pictures and tell them I love them all. I will. Kiona, L5, correct. Mommy, Blackpink, correct. And Punani, she's got nothing. She's got, she is the weakest deal. Goodbye. Um, I don't think any of them were French girl groups. No, that made me immediately think, hold on, did the French just not have many girl groups? Oopsie. And finally, question nine, the final question. Name correct answers given during this game. This was funny, but good for them. Just answering what they already answered. <laughs> we have Kiona, Prince Eric, 
Mommy, The Little Mermaid, Kiona, Destiny's Child, Mommy, Blackpink, Kiona, Rice, Mommy, Risotto, Kiona, Paris, Mommy, Pintin, Kiona, L5, Mommy, Raclette, Kiona, Raisin, Mommy, My Cock, Kiona, Peach's Cock, Mommy, Dijon, and Kiona will say Ariel, already said, Kiona, you are the weakest heel, goodbye, it's over, Mommy Wata wins something again, she is the strongest heel, and she took off work and it paid off, until she learns there is no prize money, Nikki, why can't you give your girls a prize for mini challenges? I mean, UK, why don't you give the girls a single fucking prize for any challenge? Well, that's a whole different <laughs> question. Um, I love this challenge so much. I kind of want to do it on the podcast. Block Talk All-Star Game Night, coming to you soon. Oh my god, I can't wait to see how that plays out. It's so fun. All right, now they're back in the workroom, and they either got out of drag or they filmed this before shooting the weakest heel, but regardless... It's time to learn about our maxi challenge. It is makeover time. And this season, they will be making over Nikki's new hunky friends in walk five men in rugby unis. It's rugby men. Can you tell us Americans about the sport of rugby? Think American football, but in no possible way is it American football. And it's way gayer. Way gayer. Have you ever participated? Uh, Back in school, you had to. And... Will I say that I hated it? No, but yes. But did I enjoy being squished against a load of men? No. I Honestly, the only way Americans know what rugby is, is obviously Heartstoppers. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Watch the muscly men do it. Then we're talking about good rugby. Are you more a Nick or a Charlie? I think I identify more with Charlie as a child. But like... Uh, no, yeah, it's probably Charlie. I love Nick though, but I think mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm more Charlie. Yeah, it must be much e- must be easier watching the show in a relationship, unlike me who watches it being like, God fucking damn it, my life sucks. It's like watching my childhood play out, and I was like, Aww. and also fun fact, I actually came up to my parents whilst I was in Paris. So, oh my god, I love is- that! Amazing. Yep. All right, they are going to be transforming these athletes into their drag sisters, keyword sisters, not daughters or cousins or mothers, sisters. As the winner of the mini challenge, mommy will get to assign the pairs. Time to be strategic or kind before the finale. What would you do? To be honest with you, I'd probably throw them all under the bus. (laughs) Absolutely. You got to have at least one who's going to be worse than you. You have to. It's a game. Mommy will select Brice. Or Bryce, as us Americans say. She takes him because one, he's cute, and two, he can fit in her outfits. Is she calling him skinty? No, he prefers slender. We love masculine men, don't we? Oh, we really do. <laughs> Mommy will be giving Ryan uh, to Peach. The beard will stay, and he has a canvas without droopy eyes. There's no bump in his brows, and there's she's going to inspect that face. She approves. Next, Sarah will get Francois. She thinks their faces are similar, and I'm like, wait, are you saying that he's had work done in, her, in his face, too? Jesus. Right. Absolutely not. <laughs> Yona will be given Ludovic because they are the same size. She's playing fair. No saboteur this week for Mummy, and that will leave Hunani with Florent, and he will pick her up, and yeah, I bet she loved that. Oh my god. Hell yeah. If I was told by a muscular man like that, they're going to pick me up. Okay, fine, but please do. Which one of these gentlemen would you have selected? Oh. Not all of them. You can't have all of them. That's rude. That's just hateful. Um, oh. I actually could not decide. 
Honestly, I think I wouldn't be able to say I'd be like, someone pick for me. That's fair. Someone pick for me. Now, Nikki will say that tonight she doesn't want to recognize them. Goodbye, rugby. Hello, rubies. Um, And if you didn't catch that tonight, that means it's all over tonight. Like these hoes are going to do this challenge in a day and they will not have a proper goodbye to the workroom. Very much the first in the franchise. Like, I don't think we've ever had that where they're like, nope, game over. Bye. You're leaving. No, never like that. But Now, joining them on the panel this week, we have choreographer Nicholas Hukard, who um, was on last season. Are you familiar with his work? Vaguely. It's all a blur at this point. And, the, and an artist with a golden voice, Lazara. And for those who don't know, Lazara was robbed of a top five finish this year at Eurovision. Are you a fan of the Eurovision Song Contest? I'm gay and from the UK. Of course I am. I thought May Muller did a great job this year. I love that song. <sighs> don't. <sighs> you hate it. I hated the song with a burning passion, but I really like May Muller. This is a thing. I just thought. Did you song. know that May Muller was the little girl in Mika's Grace Kelly music video? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Isn't that a great fun fact? I know. I was like, oh my gosh, another reason to kind of like her. Now, I want to know if the show the show was filmed before the Eurovision finals because they were like, who, 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 Lazada? To be fair, she was selected in January by France, but the contest didn't air until May. So it's possible they didn't either pay attention or they were busy, I don't know, getting ready for a drag race that they didn't really know who she was. And I believe that it was filmed before the finals. Um, and apparently, I guess Lazara wasn't really a big name in France at the time. Probably not at that point. I can kind of understand that they obviously, they were panicking so much. They literally probably just didn't care about any sort of things Literally. that are going on in the world. And like, to, again, to be fair, I don't listen to Eurovision songs until closer to the contest because I don't want to, like, I want to have it feel all natural and, and be fair. Um, was I very excited about the winner this year? Absolutely. It was a good one this year. It was so good. She, she, I think she's the, the queen of Eurovision at this point. Oh, God, yeah, 100%. When she was crowned again, I was like, come on. Yeah. Um. Guess what? She was also a guest judge on a drag race. Which one? Drag Race Sveria. Drag Race Sweden. She was a guest judge. And they I did Euphoria that. as the lip sync. Oh, actually, I have, I have not watched Sweden yet. I do need to watch that. It's really good. Oh, my God, it's great. Nikki will leave as the queens get to chit-chat with their new sissies. The girls will find their spots in the room as they will talk to their men. Mommy will ask Royce what it's like to be on Drag Race. And he says it's great. He discovered the show thanks to his wife. And Mommy is like, you're straight, you poor thing. Do you say that to straight people too? Yeah, I say I'm so sorry. You're that sinful. Like, it's not Adam and Eve. It's Adam and Steve. God damn it. (laughs) He will ask about mini skirts and sequins. And she has to prepare him that with her... It's more than Minnie. She will ask him how he feels about fabric. He tells her that he is a wax figure. Dress him up as she likes, which is usually a sign of danger, but um, he's willing to play. He's willing to go with it. She tells him that she's the slutty one and doesn't wear much, and he won't wear, wear much either. He does warn her that he should have waxed his shoulders. Good for him. I agree. Is- you should honey. He has never been in drag, but there's he's there to discover a whole new world. He wants to show that there that it's not specific to the LGBT community to do drag, and it doesn't impact your virility. Mommy says it's cool to have straight guys interested and wants to enter their world. 
Now, there are a lot of drag artists who are very vocal about how drag is for everybody, but they do not love cis straight people doing it. Is that a fair argument or is the argument more about the safety in the world of drag and how it impedes when people outside the community enter it? I think it's more on the safety to it because obviously drag and generally within the queer community, it is a safe space and it is that sort of like comfort from the fears, unfortunately, a very heterosexual based world brings upon us. But um, from my point of view, as long as you're respectful and you're mm-hmm. retaining that safe space to it, and you are actually understanding the implications that you are bringing into this of being like, it's not a space for just you to kind of take over and all of this. You can respect it, be a part of it, obviously, but understand what it actually is and where it all comes from. I mean, look at Manny Morphosis. Look at Manny Morphosis. Exactly. Moving over to Sarah, we will learn from Francois that he couldn't say no to the offer of Drag Race. He has two sons and wants to set an example for them. Winner right there. It was already over. Like, it didn't matter what she put him in. That's just perfect parenting. That was so heartwarming. He wants to show them what inclusiveness and acceptance are. Not only accepting others, but also accepting him as a whole. He says it's a real challenge to have that part of him expressed in drag, and he's curious about it and wants her to help him see the result. Sarah knows that he is a straight man with kids and is removed from the queer world in rugby, but he is aware of their struggles in the queer community. She finds him to be a great support despite not knowing each other before this moment he wants to show his kids that a boy isn't only a man a boy can have courage commitment and sensitivity he wants to show them that they can be whoever they want to be as there are no barriers just have to listen to yourself and i was like oh my god what a great dad how did he get groomed to be this great of a father it's nice because it kind of almost makes you think like did you grow up with a childhood where that was also implemented or is that something that you've learned as you got older because i mean either way it's amazing to hear someone just say that and just fully understand it and just be like i want my kids to have a very open and heartwarming experience and just to be who they want to be Sarah thinks to have a father like that today means you've done a great job she says his children won't have to go through what they went through Jumping over, it's time to chat with Ludovic and Kiona, who is a little nervous. Uh, well, what is his concern? He points to that beard. And baby, you are not with peace, so that thing is coming off. Kiona tells him that since this is his first time in drag, that he'll go through the complete transformation. It's got to go. And he tells her to work it out with his boyfriend. Wait, wait, wait. Stop the presses. His boyfriend? Didn't expect that one. I have learned that the team these men are from is Le Coq Festifs, a.k.a. the Festive Roosters, and they are an inclusive rugby club. Oh, really? We love that. that. See, sports knows no sexuality, too. I have found with rugby in particular, especially within the UK as well, it is kind of one of those I've seen from small sections to it. It is quite inclusive of what I can find and what I can see from people who I know from our community who are in it. They've always been like, it's actually a very inclusive and friendly atmosphere. Plus, I mean, come on, everyone's got to be a little bit gay. You're all showering naked together and you're all beefy and muscly. Listen, my brother, straight, straight, straight. But the way he interacts with some of his his friends, I'm like, you say the word I love you to your straight friends and are touchy-feely more than I am, which is just whatever, good for you. Everyone's a little bit fruity. Everyone's a little bit fruity. Everyone. 
All right, that's it for them for now. Let's chat with Peach and her partner, Ryan. He is nervous about getting into drag. Well, why did he come on the show? And he tells her, when they asked, he said, sure, why not? He wanted to fight a kind of extreme masculinity as we all have a feminine side. Let's embrace it. And you can tell Peach was excited as she perked up in the couch when he said all of this. I loved that little moment of him just kind of like just accepting the fact that not like not everyone's just going to have this like masculine demeanor to them and it's way more comforting and a lot more understanding when you do embrace your femininity to it as well like i think that was just such a nice thing to hear from someone who isn't queer yeah like it was just nice for them to realize that it's like you don't have to feel like if you embrace your femininity it doesn't make you any less of like a man or it doesn't demean your sexuality in any possible way, or make you think like you're something other than whatever the heck you identify as. It's just exactly. the way you should be. She tells him that just because he's in drag today doesn't mean he will be tomorrow. It's an experience, but he's like, well, you never know. I might like it. He even tells her that he's taking her place next season. Just one season. I want a makeover partner to actually make their drag race debut. Come on, Wintergreen! Oh, I want Wintergreen. Uh... Or is it going to be Wendy, Pixie Polite's partner? Oh, Wendy's <laughs> going to make it. <laughs> Peace realizes that Ryan talks a lot. Remind them of anyone. Peace has the perfect partner. And finally, with our last meet and greet, is Punani with her partner, Florent. How did he discover Drag Race? Thanks to his girlfriend, of course. Some of her friends are into fashion design and tells Punani that he should have borrowed some of their shoes. He didn't train at home in heels, but he did walk on his tippy toes. Um, not quite the same thing. No, no, right enough. Punani tells him that after this, he'll be a new person, and he's like, inside and out. Time to learn the transformative, transformative power of drag. And Punani says that his girlfriend will say, let's go for another 10 years of a relationship. He's like, no, 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 I'm going to drop a bomb. I got no choice. I got a child. He's two years old. Kids, keeping the family together. Literally, keep the ball and chain going. <laughs> Punani finds Florent very open-minded, is happy he discovered the world of drag, and is here to test himself. We are going to get a very artistic cutaway as the rugby socks come out of the rugby cleats and slip into something a bit higher. It's time to see who is the weakest heel in this group. We're going to watch Florent first, and he will. He, he tried so hard. It's very clomp-clomp as he's stomping about in the workroom. Now it's Bryce, who is being told to be sexy, thanks to Mummy. Um, give him hands. To avoid Ryan being Bambi, Peach literally has to hold his hands. I feel like that would be me. Ah. No, to be fair, I'm, I'm not that bad in the heel. I'm not going no, to. No, no. Um, do, do you, have you worn them out into the club? Have you gone out uh, all night in heels? Uh, nah, I was a platform boy. Always uh, platform. Of course. Of course. It's now time to have a group walk as our rugby men are going to walk and they had confidence and no one fell and that is all that matters. Literally, props to them. These blokes in heels, stunning. Kiona tells us that there is so much left to do. Shaving, putting on the corsets, dressing up, makeup, hair. It's going to be fine, right? That's not too much to do in a single day. Literally, I felt that sweat. Yeah. The time has come to shave the beard for your life. Ludovic is getting trimmed by Kiona, and like I say, all the fucking time on this podcast, God damn it, it's a dry shave. Seriously, when they do bring on podcasters for a makeover challenge, no one is touching my face with a dry ass razor. Give me water or you're gonna cut this beautiful skin. It it just it it happens. 
I'm a Why drag dry shave? boy. I'm a drag really? shave boy. Yeah. Really? Really? Wet shave, I will break out. I will break out every single time. Dry shave, I'm fine. Do you? Well, I mean, to be fair, look at that pretty little angelic face. You be, you barely have that much facial hair, so it's fine. But whatever. Hey, it's what I can grow. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You're not growing beards like these men. No, absolutely <laughs> not. She will discover that he has a nice jawline as the beard keeps going and going. She gives him a stash, and I was like, okay, I'm not necessarily mad if he came over with that stash. You look kind of handsome. The other girls are getting their shaving on, and meanwhile, Peach and Ryan are just walking around because they don't need to do all that. The beard stays for the makeover with the bearded queen. We, we, I don't, I don't, we've very rarely seen a bearded queen have a makeover partner. I liked it. It was like, I think the thing with both of them is they both have such gorgeous beards. And the yeah. thing with Peach is the fact that she knows how to blend that and make it so just glamorous yeah. at the same time. And I think he was the perfect partner for her. I, I will go on record. I think Peach has the best beard in Drag Race history. Oh, fact. It is groomed so and just sharp. So good. And very French. Very French. Very French. This is the first transformation of the episode. Uh, as these men look so cute, clean shaven. Um, I love a baby face forever and ever. They all look very cute. Now with their clean face, Sarah knows that she and Francois have a lot of the same features in common. She will be able to work on him the way she does herself. Kiona will reveal Ludovic's face and tells him he's 16 all over again. He was sexy. But she's going to have to cover that face really well because there was such a 5 o'clock shadow. Yeah, I was I like, did you even shave it? No. Yeah. Not even good. I was like, come on. This is why it's usually a two-day challenge because you shave it and then you come back the next day and do another quick shave and it's better oh wow it's time to get into face and they have no idea what they're going to do to them but it's all about trust what is it like to just sit there and trust your bestie starlet and hope she doesn't turn you into a demon i did not let i did was well, she actually no i didn't even get a chance i didn't get the opportunity uh she did not allow me to look at myself until i she was done because yeah. she had two points and the first point was if I looked prettier than her in drag, she wouldn't have let me see it. She would have just wiped it off immediately. Um, and the second one is she wanted me to have a full, like, shock moment seeing myself as a woman. And bloody hell, it was a shock. It was a shock. I mean, I'm sure you saw yourself in a mirror and you're like, why are you just holding up a picture of yourself? You were two <laughs> are twins. Honestly, she, she did an, incre- like, an incredible job. Like, absolutely. I was, I could, uh, she said, when I looked at myself, it was like everything just changed and I became a different person. And I was like, yeah, because you put me in a wig. <laughs> it was stunning. All right, it's, it's it's time for Mommy, who's going to put primer on Bryce. And he is trying to trust her. And she's like, have you never watched a makeup tutorial? Absolutely not. She is shocked. She says she has watched a rugby match. It's the same in her mind. But sweetheart, you're watching the rugby match, not for the sport, but for the men. That's not what anyone watches rugby for. Let's be honest. Funani asks Florent if his son will recognize him when he's old enough to watch this, and he doesn't know. But he knows it will show him that it is possible to be someone else while still remaining oneself. It's a fine example of open-mindedness. Florent will ask Francois what his son will think of this, and he says one is too young, but the eldest is seven, and says at that age they turn more toward their dads and says if it's the right time, he will show him, and he will like it. Um... 
is it true that that young children around the age of seven go to their dads? Because I feel like I was the exact opposite. Is it because we're gay? I think so. I think for me, like, I love my dad more than anything. Don't get me wrong. Great fucking dad. Props to you. But um, I don't know. I think as a child, like, I was way more of, like, for me, I was, like, a massive mummy boy. Like, I always was. I've always been way more in touch with my feminine side. So, like, my dad wasn't super, like, my dad's not the most masculine, but he's also still really masculine. Um, He was all, like, football, rugby, all of that. And I was more like, no, I'm going to play Polly Pockets. I'm all good. Same. Oh my god, I had so many of them. <laughs> it was the best way to be. Best way to be. Get the tissues ready. Peach will say it means a lot to see them there as dads. She had a difficult one with hers. When she was 13, her then boyfriend outed her to her mother. Peach says that she is a gypsy and in their community, it's a little special. Her mom told her, her dad immediately and her father didn't accept it and she had to leave home. She tells us, Sarah tells us to be rejected by your family at age 13 is something no one can imagine. She says you have to experience it to understand its impact as it creates an incurable wound. Peach will start to get very emotional. We will get our trauma hug as Kiona tells her they love her. And Peach says it's important for her because in her community, you can't be queer. It doesn't exist. She says people hide, but you don't talk about it. By being here, she can show people that they can be them. She says, whether you're a gypsy or Algerian or whatever culture you come from, if you fight all your life and never give up, even if people put you down, she's on Drag Race and she's happy about it and she will never apologize for being herself. They all cheers for her. As Peach says, it feels good to say all of that. Ooh, this was heavy. It was a heavy tearjerker. Just for that, like, that age to have to just leave everything just purely because of the fact that's who you are. I could not imagine the absolute mental scar that that has given her. Yeah. And the fact that she's powered through it so, like, brilliantly and got to where she is now and just allowed herself to become the person that she always has been is beautiful to see. She tells anyone watching that thinks it's complicated, who can't shake while, who do shake while talking about it or feels out of sorts because it's hard to talk about. She says they have to do it for themselves and others. We're going to transition to our finishing touches of our new queens as they will be revealed in front of the mirror. Sarah shows Francois and he's gagged. He will admire every inch of his face as he's very happy. Sarah is very happy as this is the first time she's ever put anyone into face. The result is better than she expected and says it's better than her own makeup. And I was like, you said that for cameras. I don't know if I believe her. I, think I don't either. before. I think mm. he's put people in drag before. Uh, probably. Mommy says Bryce, that subtle, natural face, and he just giggles. He feels like a woman with a deep voice. All it took was two random breaststrokes from Mommy. She's a real magician, ain't she? Very talented. It's 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 giving Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, very accurate. <laughs> very accurate. Her all will laugh as her face is revealed, and we know that it is Punani's face on his, but uh, he has no idea that's the fact because he has not actually seen Punani's drag face. Honestly, he, kind he was of a little like scared. Crystal I think Me- he looked like Crystal Method a little bit, and I was screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't recognize himself as thinking he's a luscious beauty. In my personal opinion, the grandest transformation was of Ryan Von by Peach. That was glamour, Mama, and that beard is red and matched perfectly with that wig. I honestly, my sexuality went 
real fucking confused for a yeah. second because I was like, was I gorgeous. cannot tell, but you are stunning. Mm-hmm. Ryan thinks he's beautiful, and Peach knows ah, she got the right queen. And finally, we have Ludovic, who can't recognize himself as he admires Kiana's work. The rugby men will play with their balls as the queens are going to get into face. What are they doing in that like hour and a half that the girls are getting into face? Just sitting there and not touching their face? My God, you're an absolute hell. Throwing a so ball around. Yeah. Straight men can throw a ball around for fucking hours. Like they really can. It's, it's literally true. like the best thing in the world for them. It's like watching a dog run after a tennis ball for hours it's, and then. It really is true. It is runway time as Nikki is giving us video game vixen as she cosplays as Idia from Final Fantasy VIII. Um, and peep those amped accessory jewels. Do I have the same stone color as my sissy Nikki? Yes, I do. We be twinning. See, every runway, it just elevates. This is no exception. This is just beautiful. I just love that she's like, I don't care what y'all think. If I like video games, I'm going to give you a video game cosplay. The thing with her is the fact that she'll walk onto the runway and just be like, I really don't give a shit. I know I look really fucking cool. And you all know I look really fucking cool. Yeah. We've got Daphne Berkey giving us showgirl twist on Wanda Maximoff. Please tell me that was like Wanda at the Moulin Rouge. Oh, a hundred percent. I did look at the head, like the headpiece and think, are we doing one division, but French mm-hmm. edition? Kitty Smile's still there. Um, he, he had a cape, so that was like his superhero. Um, we have Nicholas. Nicholas was shot in Lazara doing the most. That hat was a hat. No one could ever see behind if they're sitting behind. Oh, she. Oh, she. Oh. It was the shoulders and the waist yeah. and all. Category is beautiful match. And in honor of the runaway, we're going to play goal or penalty. Ooh, love that. Bish and Shisterbish. This was going to be a hard challenge for all of the queens because these are burly men. And they are not going to be petite enough to fit in perfectly in their looks. It's all going to come down to styling. I think this was styled brilliantly. I love the color story. I think he looks like her sister. Love the attitude that they brought to the presentation. Obviously, he is taller. And of course, it was not going to fit properly. Unfortunately, there was not much else Peach could do as this was the look. I think this was one of the better makeovers overall, but we all know how this challenge usually plays out. It's whoever they want to get rid of, they can make that happen. I love it absolutely everything about this outfit i love the storyline of it being the cinderella sisters i thought it was so funny and it, you just picked up immediately i loved the outfits to this that color palette of like that really nice like pistachio minty green with that really nice like pinky lilac oh wet dream wet dream the makeup they looked like sisters they literally yep. looked like sisters it i agree brilliant Lazara says that she loved the idea of trying something that you're not comfortable with, experimenting and opening your horizons. She finds it beautiful. Daphne says she brought Cinderella back into the competition. She says the competition between Anastasia and Drizella was great. She was bothered by the corset not being the right size that was visible from behind. Nikki says she loves what she did with the makeup, the hair, the outfit color. She says everything was perfect, but for the performance, she thought he was a rugby player first time in heels, so it's easier to clob around. Well, shocker, uh, he is a rugby player for Simon Heels, so I don't know what you're trying to say there, Nikki. I was about to be like, he literally <laughs> is exactly as he said. <laughs> He's not going to be better than this. 
She asks why the name Chisterbish, and we learn that Chistera refers to a technical move in rugby. How does he feel to embrace the inner woman? She says that she's always accepted her. Even if it's less obvious in everyday life, she has no problem showing it on stage. She says being manly doesn't necessarily mean being macho and denying your feminine inside. She says Peach took care of her and everything was great. I will give it a go. Literally best partner, best morals. Love it. Go, 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 go. Audience agrees 80% goal 20% penalty um also i just have to say sorry for your loss um um i i do you hate spain now uh we're good we're very very good spain 100% did deserve it we did not play the best that we should have yeah it's always next but time fucking ducks. yeah Next up, Mami Wata and Queen Mira. Maybe it's me, but I was a bit lost in the story. I think I would have cut the reveal because we clearly knew what was going to be underneath. I think Mami transformed Queen Mira into a hoe, and that was perfectly on brand. It's the grandest of transformations, but this might be Mami's cleanest looks from her entire wardrobe. It might have been stolen from your closet. I don't know. That's a conversation for another day. But I think um, this was the best to time to showcase this look because she could have easily been eliminated based on her track record. I don't think Queen Mira was the strongest of the rugby players, but she did commit to the bit the best she could. Controversial. I actually didn't really like this. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't like, it just didn't, like, it was a bit of a, like, higgledy-piggledy sort of moment to it. Like, she's done so many better outfits than this. I don't think the she outfit was very fitting on her. I think so, in comparison to this one. Don't, say, say, don't say Spongebob. Ah, uh, so good. <laughs> but, like, I really, I didn't like the neck piece bit. I just thought it was a bit flappy. It wasn't really, like, as tight as I thought it was going to be. Like, if you're going to go, like, this bondage sort of, like, S&M dominatrix vibe, I would always be thinking, like, ooh, skin tight, but it was bothering me that it was there was this big gap in between here. Yeah. I thought they sold the storyline really, really well, but just for me, I was just like, there were just little faults, little things. If we're going to clock someone for the corset, I'm going to clock someone for the... Nah. The chucky neck? <laughs> the turkey neck. Nikki will ask where the name came from, and Queen Mira says that Mummy told her name came from a legend about a diabolical mermaid, and she loves comic books and superheroes, so she thought of the Queen of the Seven Seas and Aquaman Queen Mira, who was a total badass. Nikki will ask if she's tucked, and she is. She says that her queen deserves this sacrifice, and then says, no worries. The most bro thing said all episode. I respect it so much. Nicholas says the look is fabulous and love the outfit change, which was extremely extreme from granny to whip. He says the only thing that put him off was the walk, saying she could have worked a little bit harder at walking in high heels as well as working on the wig. It could have been styled better. And that's the only critique she's going to get. And I I say this was a setup because they were not sending her help. Oh, yeah, 100%. As soon as they said that, I was like, oh, damn it, nah, not happening. I'm giving it a penalty. Penalty. Sorry. Audience does not like it. 27% goal, 73% penalty. Oh, geez, fun. Punani and Luvali. As a pin lover, this spoke to my heart. I think this was one of the most personal looks we've seen in a makeover. Punani looked great. I love the light denim. The outfit that Lovali wore was great, but the problem was Florent has giant shoulders and they were exposed. So it calls into question the proportions. There's so much she could do, but try to balance it out with a wig, but she picked one that didn't work. 
yes, it was falling off. Sucked, but she played the part of it. She she kept it in character. Makeup is usually a, hard, a huge factor in the makeover challenge, and this was easily the strongest. That was literally Punani's face stamped on him. 100%. I think the makeup was absolutely spot on. I love the construction of the outfits. Again, as another person who is a massive pen lover, I thought this was great. It just shows a level of like high personality, and it really shows who she is as an artist as well. Plus, I am a sucker for a double denim. I'm such a yeah. sucker for a double denim. And I loved the the or oh, the, the pin backer on the her back. Great so touch. fun, so smart, very campy. Lazara says that she loves the look and finds it refreshing. She says it's beautiful and retro. Daphne says bravo for the 80s look. She says she loves this kind of fashion and guesses that there are 500 to 1,000 pins in the outfit. Lavati will reveal that a pin was added of the rugby club. I love that. It was so cute. Nicholas says he collected pins for a long time, too, in order to create a look, but never succeeded. He's mad and a little jealous, but it says well done and the look is fascinating. Kitty says not to spoil the mood. He calls out the dress falling off and lovely having to adjust it. It bothered him. Nikki says that the outfit doesn't suit her and Punani should have anticipated it. Lovely will say that she didn't make it easier for Punani, but Nikki says it was her job to anticipate it. I mean, okay, Nikki, maybe. I see what we're doing here. We're really grasping at straws. Same thing goes up. I say goal. Oh, I say goal 100%. Audience, 60% goal, 40% penalty. Ooh. Kiona and Lola. It's always hard to know what the judges want in makeover look. The same carbon copy or complimentary looks. Kiona went for the carbon copy route and it was clean and pretty, but very simple. I think it was an incredibly safe look. The hair is great. The color is beautiful. The makeup is well done. It's safe for sure. It's just not groundbreaking. It's, I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel. Um, yeah. One thing I was very surprised of is that her part, like Lola didn't get clocked for not having a dress that hit the floor. Nope. The skirt did not hit the floor. I think it's very, it works really concise together. And obviously it's the same outfit, so it does look really nice. The wigs, I love them being so, so similar to one another. But is it something like absolutely jaw-dropping and groundbreaking? No. I was surprised for Kiona of all people, but they look good. Yeah. Nikki will ask about the story here, and Kiona chose Lola for her because in the ballroom, Lola's are icons and legends. She is talking about trans women who are performers and held the ballroom categories high. She names Lola Gorgeous Gucci and Lola Ebony. Daphne says Lola is her daughter's middle name, so she's touched. She says the connection between them was touching. She says that Lola looks worried, and she says that she tends to put pressure on herself. Nicholas says it's true that she looked worried, but Kiona was benevolent. Lola says she kept her eyes on her, and Nicholas says they noticed. Kitty says that he can feel that Kiona's used to leading people along the path of dragons as it worked. Nikki will say that she would have preferred the structure of the tool belt to be better defined as she was expecting more detail. And Nikki asks if she did the hair and Kiona says yes. And Nikki says it's gorgeous. Okay. I was like, interesting critiques. I think we, I think we know where this is going to land her. 100%. Finally, Sarah forever and Davina forever. Um, Paying homage to British icons, this look, dare I say, is absolutely fabulous. The print reminded me of Marsupilami, which would be the second time this year that that cartoon is referenced on Drag Race. I think the reference is clear, and that's why having these oversized lady looks works. If it wasn't an homage to AbFab, I think you might be asking, where is the body? That being said, bringing looks that could work for literally any body type was brilliant. 
I love that Sarah chose to go subtle in order for Davina to shine. This was well-performed. The story was clear. The mug was executed well. Sarah knew how to hack this challenge. I honestly could not tell who was who. Yeah. They it, literally, her face could not have looked any more perfect on any of the other models. Perfection. It was like looking in a goddamn mirror for her. And the fact that they played homage to Abstab, howling seeing Eddie and Patsy go down the fucking runway. Absolutely just brilliant. The hairs worked. The things as well that I really liked is the fact that the hairs do play homage to it, but they are within themselves individual. It's not like a car, but it's not like a copy completely. It's still yeah. got the referencing. It's still got the inspiration, but it's not a direct copy. And you could just see it come through. Plus, I think both of them probably had the most fun out of any of them on the runway. You could really tell that they got into it. I agree. Now I gotta ask, which Fab lady are you? Oh, I wish I was Patsy, but I know I'm Eddie. <laughs> I wish I was Patsy. So if you were Eddie, who's your Patsy? <sighs> It'd be Star. Yeah. <laughs> she is still a cow. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Daphne will ask if they know which capital this is. They say Berlin, and Daphne says it's almost the same. She says they took a cult reference and they were absolutely fabulous. She says that Sarah directed Davina perfectly and she was just as funny, fashionable, and crazy. Nayla says their looks complement each other and that they were real friends and they believed it. Lazara says it was well done and she saw herself and her best friend. Kitty says it was hard to decide who the original queen was because Davina was at ease. Nikki will ask how her experience was, and she says it was a real meeting, and that's important to underline. She says she's a father, and it's important to pass along things which go beyond what they're used to hearing and seeing. By being there, she is going beyond and passing on new things that are necessary for the future. Sarah is moved and very proud. She says the message means a lot. Saying it there were more dads, saying if there were more dads like that, the future would be better. Small steps, baby steps, but we'll get there. Exactly. This was Ab Fab goal. The biggest, biggest goal. Audience, 82% goal, 18% penalty. The Queens and their new sisters head to Untucked Junior, where they all say they had a fabulous time. They thank the Queens for their kindness, making their leap into the unknown easy. As Kiona and Lola say that they were great, come over to Mommy Wata, who is lounging on the chair in a mood she is pouting um i think she knows what should have happened at this moment not gonna happen but she knows sarah thinks that she's not happy with the feedback or what she did and she knows that she's at the bottom of the ranking and thinks she'll be lip syncing for the first time this season which is crazy to me um how mommy wata has not had a lip sync once god yeah she hasn't not once See, I thought it was going to play out way differently. I really uh-huh. did. Oh, we'll get there. Queen Meta tells her that they did the best that they could do, and Mommy says it was a positive overall. She's not afraid or ashamed. She knows she's good at lip syncing. She just wanted to win, and it won't be this time. Punani says that she got pretty good critiques, and they just weren't optimal. She understands the judges' feedback, but she had a great time and is proud of herself. She tells us that it wasn't a smart choice to use a non-stretch denim outfit for a makeover, but thinks she might have lost a few neurons along the way as she loses pins when she walks. Have you have you lost a lot of pins on anything that you ever bring out in public? I um, know, It makes me so sad when I do. I have before, and it's honestly heart-wrenching. So I got forever back that every single one of my pins that they never come off. I they love that. Forever. 
I love that. Peach is feeling the same as Punani, as it's a matter of an ill-fitting corset. They may do with what they had. It's time for a war cry from the rugby club and their new sisters. And I thought that was really cute. Um, apparently, they have the same champ. The queens have returned. But before the results, Nikki has a question for her final five. Why do you want to be in the finale and why? Peace says she really wants to. She says she has many things to show and prove. Drag race is the chance of a lifetime and will be the turning point. She wants to go all the way in the competition, make the best finale possible. She knows what she'll bring, life and love. And it's like, Peace, come on. This is your chance to save yourself. Not a great answer. Yeah, I found her. I found it a little bit weak. I think it was more of a case of she didn't really talk about like the way that she's kind of almost developed herself. It was right. more just kind of like, I will make the finale amazing. Mommy says that just thinking about it makes her emotional. She says she has proved you can come from nothing with nothing but show you're determined and can dream bigger than your wildest dreams. She says she's living proof of that. She wants to win this crown and that's why she's there. And I was like, that's a step up. And I think that's one of the saving reasons for her. I think with Mommy, you could really tell that like how much she really wants it. And the emotion did come out quite a lot. Bunani says she came with her duo partner but ended up competing by herself. She says she came out of her shell and proposed some very new things. She really wants to win and prove to everyone that she has as many things inside of her as pins on her outfit. And that line, I was like, that's that's the clutch for me. I like that one. I think she's I think she's brilliant. She's quirky. Mm-hmm. She's quirky drag. Kiona says she discovered a new Kiona during the competition. A Kiona who put herself in danger and took risks. She really wants to be in the finale and win because she feels she can still blossom. She says she's been doing drag for years, but is still young. You're younger than me, so bitch, you are still young. (laughs) Sarah says she has to be in the finale. She says she's shown that she lives for this. She says in her life, she never belongs anywhere and has always felt out of place. And here she has accepted this feeling and put it aside and fought for what she wanted to defend. She had never been able to do that. Okay, a little more personal. 100%. 100%. girls have watched this show before. These They knew a question like this would coming. Why not better answers? I felt like... I felt like all of them realistically... Like, I think Kiona and Sarah definitely, like, really did put their thought into the answer. Mammy's the one that was the most... Almost emotional and personal to it. Um, and Punani was kind of expressing, like, why her drag is very, very unique to it. And Peach was just kind of like... I'll make the finale really nice, Gail. <laughs> I have a bit of a conspiracy because we love conspiracies on the podcast. I think they were anticipating another question and were saving part of their answer for that question because an interesting to note, there was no advice for their younger selves this season. Oh. I think they were waiting for that question. Do you think they're going to do it at the live finale? No way, right? No, surely not. Okay. They were enough well, time for it. Now we're never going to see their baby photos. I always love that bit. I always find that bit really sweet. Do you, if you were ever to be on Drag Race, do you have the photo ready? Do you know which one you would send them? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's the most accurate of like me now. It's me eating a giant ball, and we all know I love balls in my mouth. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Nikki has decided. The winner of the week and the first queen of the grand finale is Sarah Forever. She wins a 2,000 euro gift voucher to be used in a Parisian department store. But which one? Have they not decided? What what, what the fuck is that prize? Why did they not give it to him as well? Right. Um, that was my big shock. Do they have Primarchs in Paris? 
Oh my god, Primani does wonders. <laughs> Kiona and Mamiwata are safe, leaving Peach and Punani as the bottom two. I do not agree. Do you? I do not agree at all. No. Not no. a damn chance. The song is Un Femme Avec Un Femme by Meccano. This song was all about emotions. They brought their own interpretation of the song. I just don't think there was a universe in which they were letting Peach stay, and that is why it was Punani over Mamiwata. Yeah. Peach might have beat her. I think they said, I think as soon as Peach was in the bottom, I was just immediately like, well, they're not going to send Punani home at all. And Peach sold that lip saying. Like, both of them did so well in it, and the emotion really came across. But I just think they they knew that they were going to get rid of Peach from the beginning. Punani really embodied the words while Peach made it very internal. And I think she didn't quite have the fight that Punani had. And Punani clearly had more of a fight because she hadn't been eliminated yet. She wants to stay. The moment when Peach held Punani, very beautiful. But Punani's like, no, I want my own moment. Get off me. I love, I always love watching the girls whenever they try and make it a duo. Let's think then one of them like, okay, that's enough. Get off me. In the end, Peach is eliminated again. Punani is the final contestant moving to the grand finale. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree I based on this lip sync. I do think yeah. that the person who should have been eliminated this episode was Mommy, but whatever. Yeah, what do I know. Nikki will ask them if they are ready for the finale live and in public. This will mark the first time an international season has done a live finale. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, Nikki, I will be there next season. I'm holding you to the offer. Let me sit in a great space. I won't know anything that's going on, but I will be there smiling and cheering. I need a translator for the whole thing, but still. Literally. Um, again, I want to know, someone, if you got the tea, did they bring a proposed finale look to the show? I just, I want to know. You got to know. Wonder. I do wonder. Now, I love to just share fascinating facts and things because it will prompt us to get to the end of the podcast. Here are the likes of the teams on the Drag Race France Instagram. So... For Kiona, 21,622. Mm-hmm. Mamiwata, 7,296. Hunani, 14,234. Sarah Forever, 13,622. So if the public spoke, Kiona wins. What makes this battle quite possibly one of the most interesting in drag race history? It's the battle of the best track record in drag race history where Kiona is the one of the only queens to never be in any position but the top or win. Versus Sarah Forever, who had four challenge wins, which is almost a guarantee in any other season. Mm. I think it's going to be a battle between the two. I think so, too. It's going to really be a battle of who's going to represent this cast. I'm also very much looking forward to seeing them lip sync. I'm really looking forward to this, especially Kiona. Especially Kiona. Because we haven't really seen her do it. No. And from the ballroom scene, I'm mm-hmm. so excited to see what she brings. All right. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? Let's go. What is Peach's legacy once again? Gorgeous beard, incredible dancer, and energy. Yes, I need to see her again. I don't care if you put her on an all-star season, a verse the world. I just need to see her again. 
I think she'd do amazing on an All Stars. I really do. I think we haven't seen the last of her, and I think she's got no. even more to show. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? Oh. I'm going to say Dad's. Dad's had the best episode. Oh, yeah, valid. That's <laughs> valid. After eight episodes, the winner of the season is. You know what? I'm going to stick with it. I said it all season long, and I said it for every like episode. I've literally held the same thing. I think Kiona's going to win. I, I think Kiona's going to win. I think this I really do. fact that she was never anywhere but a topper win is huge. It's huge. I think I I do I do think Kiona's going to win this, but I think Sarah has got a very good chance of like snatching it the last second. I really I do. Think I think it's going to be a possible. tough ball. I, I think, think it'll be splitting heads. If Sarah doesn't win, she is going to be one of the best contestants to not win the first time around. Um, so whether she wants to play again or not, it will be up to her, but she will be on again. I just do think the star power with Kiona, um, the visibility of having a Black Queen win, it's huge. I think as well, representing from her, from not rep- not only representing like the Black culture to it, the ballroom culture on top yeah. of it, I think she's amazing for it. And she's very, 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 very good at what she does. And she's so pretty. Yeah. Very, very, very pretty. And very very talented. I hate you. I hate pretty people. (laughs) All right. Where can we find you on social media? Any payment apps you want to share because you're in the UK? And any projects you want to plug? You can find me on Instagram at Maddie underscore Park. And you can find my photography at MTYPark as well on Instagram. Sadly, we, did a, we don't really do payment links. However, slide into my DMs and we can discuss PayPal links. Um, and for upcoming projects, you will see me left, right and centre still photographing the queens of the UK. And as soon as the bitches come from any other country, hell, you'll probably see me there too. I'm obsessed with it. As always, thank you for being here. And hey, I'm going to talk to you again soon when we talk about the Philippines. Can't wait. Mm-hmm.